Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Episode two this morning. Not like in general. We're several episodes into the podcast. I'm talking like in <laughs> case you today. didn't know. I mean like today. Yes. But we're going to get into some community questions. We haven't done this in a bit, and we have a lot of questions that have come through. I've compiled just a few of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get into that. But why don't we start with just an introduction? Welcome to 12 Week Relationships. This is your place for better relationships in weeks, not years. My name is Pi. I'm Dr. Glenn. When we say relationships, we mean all of them. Dr. Glenn as well. I mean, like, he means, you know, we're on the same page. Anyway, from we're the, one, man. We're one. From the relationship you have with yourself to your friends, your family, and yes, working out to romance and marriage. Uh, but we believe they're all interrelated. Now, uh, if you would like to follow us, you can join us on the newsletter. That's probably the best place. It's at 12weekrelationships.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. This is the best place for updates. Uh, we're not promising to send these out weekly right now, but we do promise when we do send them out, they're going to be valuable insights that you can bring into your daily life on top of that we're working hard on our online group coaching programs so we can actually get to this wait list because we have a wait list that's it's hundreds deep by the day yeah uh so a lot of our effort right now is going to that so if you do notice that we're slowing the podcast down a little bit the newsletter down a little bit is so we can focus on that let's get into today's topic Let's do it, man. Which is a bunch of topics. It's Q&A, Q&A, man. Q&A. Yeah. I recently saw actually on a, I think it was on a Facebook post, someone had shared one of our uh, podcasts and one of our videos and the person goes, that's Pi. Wait, so now he's a photographer and a psychologist? <laughs> I used to follow his photography education. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a, it's unusual to see that people might have more than one expertise. But you days. do, man. You're a relationship expert now, it's man. It's an interesting thing. Well, for those that uh, are maybe are new to the platform, I have studied psychology uh, informally since college. So that's been about 20 years studying and spent about the past five years deep into it in writing and researching. And anyway, uh, apparently that's unusual. I would say I was a psychologist first and then a photographer. Well, one of the comments had you as a jujitsu master that talks about relationships. That is definitely incorrect. I'm a jujitsu so I could see that. I'm a jujitsu casual that likes to talk about relationships <laughs> and teach photography and business and marketing. You just have a lot of interest, man. I like You're to just do a well rounded human being. Okay. This ain't about me. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. This is about you. It is about me. <laughs> okay. Let's open it up, man. Actually, let's start the therapy sessions now. Here's yeah. the first question for you 
we're dating, not like you and I, but this is one of the questions. And we keep the questions anonymous, by the way. If you'd like to submit them, jump onto our Instagram account. You can send us a DM. Okay, so here's one. We're dating, but what do I do if they don't introduce me to friends or family? So <laughs> that's a <laughs> so once again, it's a very generic thing, but I mean, in general, if that person is very protective and then they don't want you to meet your their family and friends that lets you know that they're not ready. They're not thinking they're, they're not sure to commit to this relationship to take it to the next level. Yeah. In general. And I guess this could be, it would be strange depending on where you're at in the relationship and kind of on, on the reasons, right. But definitely worth communicating. There's certain things that make a lot of sense. For example, when I was dating, um, for the second time in my life, I was, I was divorced and I have two kids. Uh, I'm not going to go and introduce my kids to everybody that I might go on a date with. Um, even to people that I would say that I'm dating, I still didn't introduce my children to until I felt like it was going to be something long-term. I do think that that's normal. In fact, I almost feel like if you're coming from that standpoint and you're introducing everybody to your children, that's its own red flag on the opposite side, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because it kind of, to me, it's like desperate. Like, why would you be introducing all these people that, you know, you might not be serious about to your children? Well, the other thing too, is it shows personality and your intent. Like, what if I'm just a very casual person? I don't want a long-term relationship. So I date you once or twice and you meet my friends. Like that's an indicator that I probably don't want something really serious. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, I would also say that well, my, the significant other that I want to bring into my life needs to have a good relationship with my children. So there's also a balance. I don't want to go too long without introducing them either, because then that's weird too. It's like, I'm trying to keep them away and keep those two areas separate. So this could be a healthy sign. It could also be an unhealthy sign. But if you are, if you're a few months, six months, a year into a relationship and they're not introducing you to family and friends, I don't think it's a real relationship. Yeah, because if you've done your progressions and it's gotten to that place and they're not willing to do that, that means that they're probably not really considering you. Yeah, that that's usually a sign of like, they're trying to keep you at arm's length because maybe for them, this is something else. This is a casual relationship. Maybe it's, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of scenarios. We've seen where for one person, it's literally a booty call and the other person thinks it's a relationship. Yeah. We've seen for one person, they're hiding the fact that they're still married or they're having an affair. We've seen tons of different examples, but in general, if you're deep into a relationship and they're not introducing you to friends and family, that's a really bad sign. And then best case scenario in this example, let's say that he, he or, he or she really does care about you, but they're not doing it. Then you want to find out the reason why did something yeah. happen? Is this something about you that took place? What, you know, there must be a concern there have the discussion. Yeah, definitely worth a discussion. Okay. This one's interesting. This one, we're going to go to number two. This one's a long distance kind of on and off relationship. She's asking for basically general advice, but it's, it's kind of this long story. I'm going to give the gist of this and I'm also going to pull up the full thing so I can see this as well. Okay. And that is long. That's Dude, a it's, book. It, it's a book of a, of a, wow. And not, not like it help having detail does help. So it's, it's nice for that, but they started dating in 2012. Immediately. It kind of didn't get off to the right start. Cause he basically said that he wants to date somebody. He wants to be with someone that's never had kids. 
He's 56. He's never been married. He was engaged once, uh, but I guess his ex cheated on him. So she is, uh, it sounds like maybe she was married before, but she does have a daughter. So anyway, they stayed friends in 2012. Um, And by 2016, she says that we started to develop feelings for each other. He wanted to kind of move to a different place. So they basically live on opposite coasts. So think East Coast versus West Coast. And I think he's actually further than West Coast. I think Hawaii is like way... Anyway, I don't want to get into too much personal detail. But but it's a long distance relationship. They're far away from each other. But basically they would go back and forth twice a year, stay for a couple months at a time. um, And they would see each other during those times. But anytime she would say something that would offend him, like differences in political beliefs, he would basically block her. He said that this last time he blocked her for six months. So this apparently happened quite a few times where they would get into these arguments. He would block her and not speak for a good amount of time. Uh, and then they would get back in touch again. Anyway, it's been, it's been going for quite a while. Um, she said that this past February was the last time she chatted with him and she hasn't decided either. She said, there's a lot more, but I don't want to go. So like, oh, so how do I go into this? What kind of guidance would you give as a therapist? Is that enough for you? Well, okay. So <laughs> let, let's break this down. So they, since 2012, they dated for four years. No, I think 2012 to 2016, it was just friendship. Friendship. Then 2016, they dated on and off until essentially 2022, the beginning of 2022. Okay. Um, yeah. And then after, there was one more offensive thing that yeah. happened. I think uh, something COVID related, something political related, and he blocked her again. They didn't talk since 2021, December. There's so many like red flags to me because she, he doesn't want kids. He himself has never, he does like trust issues, it looks like. Um, and then she has a kid. And then if you cannot say like things comfortably and, you know, he'll, he'll just stonewall you mm-hmm. for a political issue that you disagree upon. Why would you want to be in a relationship like that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here. And you guys are far apart. Like there's, there's just nothing foundationally that seems like it's a good structured relationship. Yeah, there are a lot of red flags going on. Like if I'm, just meeting somebody, dating somebody, and they say that they want to be with someone who's never had kids, I'm already done. I'm checked out. So the fact that she stayed is already, that is its own red flag. Like, why would you stay in that situation? How do you feel towards yourself? What, how do you value yourself to stay and to stick around with someone that has, because he's already sort of dictating the terms of the relationship. Yeah. Like she's reacting to everything that he's doing. And I think that the more important question is to ask is why am I disrespecting myself to the point that I'm allowing myself to stay in this relationship? Exactly. That's the question, you know, she needs to ask herself. And then a lot of people go through this friendship period where they're like, oh, let's just be friends. But the way that they communicate and the way that they stay in touch, it's not indicative of friendship. It's not, I don't know why we always fool ourselves into this. And it's so common. I've done it to myself as well. But in 2016, they start to acknowledge that they have feelings for each other. They try dating long distance. This is also strange. Like if you're going to be serious about it, you know, somebody should be making some sort of a move, a commitment, something along the way, but they do this for apparently four or five years and it's punctuated with these fights and these 
disconnect moments where he basically blocks her. Like this is very immature type behavior, <laughs> especially for a 56 year old. No, for sure. To like, oh, we have a political disagreement. Come on, dude. If you're 50, you have plenty of opinions. If they don't match up and it's not a good fit, then be done. Well, agreed. But I mean, I think for her, if you can't talk about political opinions, how are you going to talk about the future? For it sure. seems like she's afraid to even go there with him. For sure. And and once again, in these moments where the, he's basically stonewalling and, and this is extreme stonewalling because he's basically blocking her for, you know, periods of months. Again, you can see that he has dictated and, and created this control environment where she's feeling like she should wait around. And she shouldn't. No. And it goes back to why are you having such low, why are you disrespecting yourself by staying in this relationship? Yeah. And, and so I would go to, you know, if we're talking about from a standpoint of therapy, it would be helping her to recognize her value, to step away from this entirely because this is not a healthy relationship. It's also a distraction from your daughter and from the other things in your life that should be more important, that should be more meaningful than this guy who's not really willing to show up. Yeah, so you know, w once again, you bring up an excellent point. Like, is her priorities about her daughter mm -hmm. and raising her kids? And that should be the priority of who you should be looking for. And yeah. closer proximity yeah. would probably help. There was this question that I always asked myself when I was dating. Um, when I was going to go on a date, I would always tell myself, like, this person has to be so valuable, so worthwhile that I'm going to take time away from my kids. And there was nobody that was like, if I had my kids, I was going to spend time with my kids. That was that was the bottom line. But, you know, given that you have split custody, you have a week on a week off. So you have time off. Then it was they have to be valuable enough that I'm going to step away from work because I like working. I could, I could work at home. I could work on several different projects that we value enough that I, you know, don't want to be exercising, doing my own activities, hobbies. If that person can meet that bar, then I'm going to spend time with them. But if not, aren't you kind of better off just focusing on you and your own stuff? Well, that shows the high regard that you have for yourself. Whereas this person has very low regard for themselves. So that would be the place that we would begin in terms of therapy in this. So you say it all the time. The relationship starts with yourself. Starts with, so we this, say it all the time, bro. This starts with herself. Okay. You ready for the next one? Yeah. I struggle with codependency, people pleasing, and I'm easy to manipulate. I've been through domestic violence and uh, mental abuse, maybe mental, emotional abuse. Sure. Um, now I'm working on myself and setting boundaries. Do you have tips? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so please take care of yourself. Number one, mm -hmm. number one. Um, but if you're coming out of like an abusive relationship like that, um, besides just setting boundaries, like if there's any form of like Stockholm syndrome that's taking place where you have this mentality that you always have to think about the other person to the extreme, that's something that she needs, she, he or she needs to address right away. Yeah. Oftentimes coming out of abuse, uh, in that relationship itself you would say things like oh but i did this and you know that made them go off the wall and that made them do what they did and i understand why you know and it's usually the guy i understand why he would do that because it's my fault so maybe you're out of the relationship but you can very much get a gauge of if you're still in the mentality if you try to take the blame for other people's bad behavior and then you're going to start attracting abusive people again if you're still in that mind state so you need mm -hmm. to heal yeah and then know yourself in a more independent space 
and understand what you want in a relationship yourself in a healthy space before transitioning to finding someone. Yeah, it's important to understand that in that space, you're going to be kind of eye candy to a narcissist. Like you're very much going to oh, it's gonna be attract like a radar. narcissists. Do, 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 do. Ooh, you. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like that. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, thanks. I like man. that. Yeah, analogy. I appreciate and the sound that, effects. I the sound. That really, I'm bringing it today. Yeah, that yeah. added a lot. Thanks, to man. It. And I did the the finger pointing. <laughs> and the finger pointing. Yeah, <laughs> the narcissist radar. Uh, it's important to understand that you yeah. are in a position where you will attract that, and that's the other scary part about it is that oftentimes a narcissistic individual is that highly charismatic person. They think, you know, the world of themselves, and they're so confident and with you if you're in that place of people pleasing and struggling to have especially if you're abused and you don't have high self-worth you're going to be extra attracted to the person because they're exuding these things that you want for yourself the level of confidence the level of you know i don't care about other people's opinions and all that for them it's this disorder but for you it's you need to develop your own healthy sort of narcissism no and you need to do that on your own yeah first yeah yeah, so develop that healthy narcissism, that healthy belief in yourself. And then the other thing, too, the other thing too, is when this person is ready to start dating, um, once they start to get more intimate, those wounds are going to come back. So you have mm -hmm. to be able to understand that you, those those trauma wounds will come back. But then there's the healthier versions of you, and and, and identify more with the healthier part of yourself. Yeah, a, a lot of people struggle. You know, every time we say something like healthy narcissism, I feel like we have to go straight into that. We actually have a full episode. Where we talked about that but it's important to understand that there is narcissism in the form of a disorder and then there's healthy narcissism which is basically and why would you just say confidence or anything like that because it's, it's got to swing the other way though if you're if you're on the abusive and that's an extreme so you're gonna have to swing to the other end of like a healthy narcissist like i totally i'm going to be into myself to reach some balance point for yourself correct and, and think about it from i think the best analogy of healthy narcissism is the version of it that's basically taught in sports you know like in mm -hmm. sports you're taught to think of yourself as badass like you are the person that's going to make the point you're going to you're going to score you're going to be the one that you know blocks the shot you're going to be the person that gets it done and if you fail forget that you failed just a second ago and on. go and do it again yeah and you're still that same you know badass person like this this is literally healthy narcissism where you're not focusing on your failures but you're focusing on you know, your confidence in the fact that just because you failed, you know, 30 seconds ago doesn't mean I'm going to do it again. Yeah. I missed the 12th shot. Well, I'll make the 13th one. Yeah. I missed the 20. Well, I'll make the 21st. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not struggling. It's just that you're balancing things out and seeing things in a better perspective. Yeah. So for someone in that position, we would say the first step is to, it goes back to again, developing that sense of regard for oneself, right? Like you need to look at yourself with esteem and, and value and, you need to see yourself as the badass first. That that would be the place to begin this work. And then from that place, you begin setting your boundaries. Now in that place, it becomes easier to set boundaries because you believe that- You're in a healthier space to do so. You yeah. actually know how to set boundaries. You know how, and, and you don't feel guilty about doing it because it's not, I'm not being selfish. I'm simply demonstrating self-care. Yeah. And then as you get more intimate, it's understanding your wounds will come back, mm -hmm. but being able to understand the difference that you're not your wounds, be in that, be in that healthy space and then work through your wounds at the same time. What would be a, a case study example of that? Um, a case study example would be like someone, so once again, uh, we had someone that was experienced extreme abuse, was with someone that was narcissistic, 
24-7, like, you know, he waited hand on, hand and foot with this person and they were married for like 15 years. Mm. Um, and then basically he broke it off, took like a two, three year break, went through our program. Um, and then when he started dating, he actually was meeting someone based off of the core value sets. Mm -hmm. So when he did the core value sets, like he was actually following the core value sets that he had, like he had fun and adventure and all the, you know, all these other components. And then once he started getting serious with her, and they were a perfect match and he started feeling emotions, then he started going back into that space of, I need to please, I need to do whatever you want. And he started like, oh, whatever you need. And then, you know, the person was getting weirded out and then it was like, no, that's okay because you're getting more intimate. So now you identify with the healthier core value sets of who you are, but you work through these wounds at the same time. And he was able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think we covered it for this one. Let's go on to the next one. This was kind of a general one. I like how it felt like all the recent questions were all romantic related. Uh, but this one is why is finding someone so hard? I'm petrified of dating. Yeah. So I think this would be a, two parts of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, I mean, I think this person needs to understand like, why are they petrified of dating? That would be, you know? yeah what happened in their experiences that made them not want to date. And immediately that sounds like an insecurity, right? That's insecurity. And then they're withdrawing and pulling away from people. Mm -hmm. Why are they doing that? Um, and then once they explore those pains and figure out what it is that they actually want in a relationship, what are they actually looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, and then balance those kind of things out. So, you know, a lot of introspection will be required with this person. Yeah. I would go into, so why is finding someone so hard? I want to talk about, you know, we, we teach that the same fundamental framework of how a healthy relationship operates, it's identical across friendship, across family, uh, romantic relationships, all of it. Right. But we do say that the level of expectations is going to be ratcheted up based on the intensity of the relationship, right? With a casual friend, you'd expect them to kind of check a couple boxes mm -hmm. in your you know, list of expectations with a more serious friend. It's, it's going to be, well, more boxes with a best friend. You'd expect them to be very much in tune with you. Uh, when you go to dating, I mean, this is the highest level of intensity because you're, you're gauging a partner, right? You're gauging someone that you're going to marry potentially. So we're talking the highest level of intensity and the highest level of expectation. So why is finding someone so hard? Because your level of expectation for the person that you're going to be with is very, very high. And it should be, I mean, it, it should be not, not unrealistically high, but at the same time, you should have a higher set of expectations for the person that you marry versus just a casual friend. Well, going back to the previous example, the one that was in a, like abusive relationship, you know, he brought up something really poignant. He was like, when I was in this very abusive relationship, it was hard to make friends. Mm. And the reason was because there was no relatability. Mm -hmm. Unless you're being abused yourself at home and you're doing all these self-sacrificing, there was, there was no way to relate or have conversation with people unless they were going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then once he left that relationship and started doing things in a healthier space, he was actually making a lot of friends. And then that's how he eventually met the person that he's with right now. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that it's, you know, it is hard, but once you open yourself up and you, there's a relatability of healthy things that you can do, then it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. But if you were to go into the mindset of dating with kind of the understanding that, look, 
it's going to be difficult because my expectations are higher than just, and if you want relate it, you know, in a different way, like ask yourself, well, okay, I could probably have a good conversation with thousands of people, but if you were to ask me which one of them would I want to partner with in business, that list is going to be cut down dramatically to maybe one or two. So you're just trying to, you're, you're, you're filtering through a large number of people based on a very high level of expectation. And that's, that's important. It's important to kind of understand that. And so that might also help with if your fear of your, if you're petrified of dating because of the rejection aspect, then you have to understand that, look, to get through a thousand people to find that one, you need to be rejected 999 times or not be rejected, but maybe find out that in some way or another, they reject you, you reject them. You just figure out it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to work, but it's 999 to one. I agree with you. And, but at the same time, like, it seems like this person, they're in their wound. So if they're literally in their wound, it is going to be impossible to find someone Yeah, to, that's true. to, f- to fulfill that wound and to f- meet all of these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that they probably have. Yeah. So step one would be addressing why are you petrified of dating? Let's figure out how to rebuild that. Again, we go back to self-regard. We go back to the respect, the admiration you have for yourself, your own value and worth, then step out to finding the right person and do it in a healthy way. Like you've laid out. Okay. We got another one. Can't I put their happiness? Oh, this is, I did this video that was, um, talking about what does a healthy relationship look like, right? We, we did this survey and whatnot, and I did that in a summary in a short, uh, I don't expect you to see all the videos we post because we post a lot and you're busy <laughs> with clients. <laughs> so I'm giving Dr. Glenn the once over <laughs> anyway, when asking that, uh, this, this kind of came in as a form of a question, like, well, in my mind, a healthy relationship is me putting their happiness ahead of my own and them putting my happiness ahead of their own 100% of the time. And it was kind of like, can't I do this? My answer is no. <laughs> no, you, you know, like <laughs> one of the things with your framework and then like, you know, working with you more, like it was so funny because in my mind, compromise is a good thing. And, you know, people sure. say that all the time, like you have to compromise, meaning sure. you have to sacrifice part of yourself for the other person, for the betterment of the relationship, right? And it's so funny because you're like, no, there is no compromise, right? You look at your core value sets, you look at it, and then you make it work without compromise. That that took some time to register for me. And then literally, like as you know, as this 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 has evolved and working with clients and even my own marriage, yeah, we're like, we don't compromise anymore. What yeah. value set are you like? How do we blend this together so there is no sacrifice? Yeah, compromising is a band-aid solution to me. Like yeah. it, it'll work temporarily, but ultimately when I think of compromise, I think of neither person getting what they want, right? I'm going to compromise and we're going to meet in the middle. We're not going to go see that play, but we're not going to go to the basketball game either. We're going to, you know, do this. Yeah. So, or maybe it's, I'm going to go to the play tonight, but you're going to go to the basketball game later. It works for a time until it becomes this tit for tat thing and, and, it's scorekeeping yeah. and it leads to resentment and bitter and bitter feelings. Yeah. And going back to this, it's not that, you know, when I say, no, this doesn't work, it's not because it doesn't work in theory. I mean, in theory, yes, that would work. If I put your happiness ahead of my own hundred percent of the time and you put mine ahead of yours hundred percent of the time in theory, it sounds great. 
but it's bullshit, like complete garbage. It's and not, it's not going to last. Well, for the simple reason that I don't know what makes you happy. I don't care how long I've been with you. I don't care how well I know you. I know a lot about you and I know what makes you happy in general, but I don't know in any one particular moment. But we, let's take it even further. Let's say that you could, let's say that you could mind read. We could mind read each other and figure out exactly what we want. That's not going to translate to the outside world. How's that no. going to translate when yeah. you go to work and you build friendships? Like that doesn't translate outside of that relationship dynamic, Correct. even if you could. So let's say in marriage that you were given the, the gift of being able to mind read then you're absolutely right. It, it would work there and not anywhere else. And you don't even know necessarily if it would still work there because mm -hmm. once again, like it's just, well, that's a, I'm not going to get into the theoretics of why this impossible situation would never work. So let's just say that that's not possible. It's much more, I guess, attainable as a solution for me to worry about my own emotional needs and happiness for you to worry about yours and for us to bring our complete selves to the middle of this this relationship that's what our promise to each other should be not yeah. that i'm gonna you know make you 100 happy or you're gonna make me 100 but, but we're gonna take care of ourselves and we're committing to bring the best version of ourselves to the relationship two whole people coming together to make a whole relationship instead of two halves creating one whole yeah and that's the only way like you said outside of marriage any other relationship it's the only way it's going to work going back to you again regardless of how well you know somebody you don't know their needs at any one particular time unless they were to express it or unless they were to take care of themselves or you're a mind reader You'd have be to a lot be, of that. Everybody would have to be a mind reader. Every <laughs> single so the, just the premise itself, it, it's, it's not a healthy foundational relationship yeah. period. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no way that that can, but it sounds good. It sounds very nice. Yeah. It sounds super sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we should stop here for now. We have quite a few more questions, but I kind of feel like we shouldn't rush through them. Yeah, let's do it. They're, they're great questions though. Yeah, we get a lot of questions. And if you guys want to submit your questions, you can jump onto 12 week relationships on Instagram. That's where you can direct message us and we will kind of bring them into the podcast as we film. So it's not going to be immediate if you guys need. Well, we don't have a way to do immediate support right now because Dr. Glenn's wait list is uh, jam packed at the moment, which we're fortunate, very thankful, thankful for. But yeah. um, but we're also working on online group coaching programs. So you might notice that Dr. Glenn and I are going to scale back the podcast to like one episode a week and probably a newsletter every other week. This is because we want to focus on getting those online group coaching programs available so we can bring in individuals, couples, and uh, be able to help you guys out. We have hundreds of people on this wait list that we want to get to. So we will get to you guys. Um, if you want to be notified or as well as join our newsletter, you can jump on a 12 week relationships, join the newsletter. This is where every other week or however often we decide to send these out, we're going to be sending you guys handwritten messages. They're going to be useful everyday kind of advice and, and stuff that you can just incorporate into your lives. And we promise it will never be spam or anything like that. And we don't send out useless junk, but that's also where we'll be notifying everybody when the group coaching programs are available. And that's it for us, I believe. Yeah, awesome. Oh, what? reviews. Reviews. Oh, that's right. If you guys want to help us out, you can jump onto the iTunes store, iTunes, and uh, leave us a review on 12 Week Relationships on the podcast. Um, it's wonderful not only seeing the reviews, but actually reading. We read each and every one of them. And, and yes, it's 
inspiring and it's also very helpful to kind of give others just an idea of what we're doing and help grow the platform. That's it for us. I think that's it now, right? That's it now. All right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thank you. Peace.